0: You're listening to Getting It Wrong to Get It Right. Are you struggling to grow your business? Book a free business growth consultation with Joe today. In this consultation, you'll receive professional advice, step-by-step guidance that will help you achieve success, best practices and tips for improving profits. Clicking on the link in the description or contacting us directly. Ben, welcome to the show. How are you? Doing well. Thanks a lot for having me. Oh, you know, we spoke, I think it was in the summertime, he says we'd get together, and then I think kids got sick, or something went wrong, or my software we broke down. I don't know. <laughs> something happened that we pushed it out. But isn't it a perfect time to actually have this conversation? And the reason why, because as we roll into twenty twenty four, I think a lot of people sort of look at their to do list and and say, how can we help? You know, sort out or manage our finances. Or I think it's taken that nervous. Part away from money, on it, mm-hmm. and that's why I asked you on Ben is because you know you have some great software, and I've listened to you on a couple of other shows as well. And what you said really resonated with me. But we're going to keep that for the audience. I don't, wanna, I don't wanna ruin the interview for them. But <laughs> tell me, where did it all start for you?
1: Sure. Yeah. I guess it started in my original career. I was. A trader at big bank in the United States, and and I, I was felt very fortunate to have that job, but I also knew that I wanted something else. You know, moving forward, I wanted to do something more entrepreneurial. Wanted to spend more time with my kids and and have a little bit more balance to my life. And so I started thinking, started thinking about you know, okay, how how can we make this happen? And for me, you know, even though I had a job that I felt very lucky to have, I, I didn't know what my finances meant. So I went on kind of an odyssey for myself to understand how everything fit together. You know, it's one thing to know your net worth and your expenses and and all that good stuff. But understanding the constellation of data and how it all boils down and, and tells you what you can actually afford to do with your life, that was that was pivotal for me. And so if I had to boil it down to a moment, you know, my wife and I, we were living on the East Coast in the United States and we visited Colorado a few years ago. And on the way home, she asked me, so when are we moving? And so I did what any dutiful husband would do. And I, I coded up the answer to her question and, uh, and we made it work out.
0: Let me think about that. Let me think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, um, you mentioned there, you know, financing and people know about money and, you know, their assets. But what is it that you do if you were to sum it up? What is your IP?
1: Yeah. So our our process is basically to contextualize all of the different numbers in relation to one another. Because when you know these pieces of data in isolation, it doesn't really give you satisfaction. It doesn't, you know, if you have a hundred thousand dollars in the bank, then that means something totally different to different people. You know, it's all it's all relative to what you're spending, et cetera. And so what we are doing for folks is We are taking their net worth their expenses all these different bells and whistles that go along with their personal finance situation and distilling it down to simplicity phrased in intuitive units of time and so given their net worth their expenses etc we can say oh joe you've got six years that you can afford to live your lifestyle before the money runs out and when people have that knowledge then they can understand Okay, I'm doing you know better than I thought. I can afford to you know go start a business, or oh geez, I got some catching up to do. But when you see these things in 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 terms that you can actually intuitively understand, then you can make better decisions you know and and we especially see that with respect to behavior because if you see you're spending a thousand dollars a year at some restaurant, you know people people will just kind of go, okay. Is that a lot? Is that a little? What are other people doing? I don't know. Where does that fit in? But if you can say, hey, this habit is delaying your retirement by three months, then people can understand, oh, okay. you know, I love this restaurant and I love my job. And so great, I'll do it twice as much. Or they can say, oh, geez, I didn't realize, Okay, we should tighten up there. But it's all about aligning your actions with your values. That's where we really come in.
0: Yeah, it's like I read a book many years ago, The Richest Man in Babylon where it was taking that 10% and giving it to yourself, you know, out of your income and building that up and putting it away to a nest egg. And in the the research as well, that, you know, we could say that there's an awful lot of people out there in the world that are three months away from actually being broke. That Mm -hmm. if they they lost their job tomorrow, they would be financially in the red in three months. Mm -hmm. So, and I think it is important as well, Ben, that, when you look at what you're spending and we've all done it in the past right all those little bits you know the cell phone netflix um the wine rack mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they you kind of go well it's 50 foot here it's a, you know a hundred dollars here but it all adds up as well so tell me about a bit about the research that, you know, that you that you did to get validation on your product, on your on your product and service as well?
1: Yeah, it's it's a process, you know it's one of the things that nothing can prepare you for. I tried to read a bunch of books about entrepreneurship beforehand and and there's nothing like doing the real thing because you build a product, that's just step 1. And then you put it out in the market and you go, "Oh, okay. I thought it was going to be for this group of people. It turns out it's it's also for this group of people." And so how do we how do we, you know, build something that's that's useful for both types? And and that research, as you put it, is 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 just pivotal. You know, I spent so much time in the kind of get outside the building sort of phase. Now it was 2020, and so getting outside the building wasn't as easy. <laughs> but it was, you know, a lot of a lot of just digital knocking on doors and and trying to trying to workshop the idea with people and understand, okay, what's resonating, what's important about this, and what is just kind of missing the mark. And so you learn about you learn about who the product is for. You learn about what's making people's eyes light up and what are just, what are pieces of it that are not, not truly necessary. And, you know, within entrepreneurship, there's this concept of, you know, a minimum viable product that you're just trying to to hone the the service or product down to something that is maximally relevant to people with minimal distraction. That's the really difficult part in my experience is, you know, I'm I'm a builder at heart. And so I always want to, you know, add more features, add more functionality and and make it do all kinds of crazy tricks. And the reality is it's really important, especially with you know people's attention spans these days, it's important to hone it down to the greatest hits and, and understand that in a lot of cases, less is more and you can really do more for people if you if you provide them with more value and less distraction.
0: And just jumping back to something that you mentioned there was what was important to people when you were doing the the validation. Can you elaborate on that?
1: Yeah. so bring it right back to you know the top of our conversation in the sense that uh, you know when I first understood my finances in terms of time, it really really you know blew my mind it really changed my perspective on what money is actually supposed to mean because we're so good at well hopefully we're we're quite good at the first leg of the transaction which is trading your time for money but then it's very, very difficult to switch gears and trade your money back for time. You get into this habit of working and accumulating assets. And so when I started to see my money in terms of time, that really moved the needle for me. Now, it remained for me to see, you know, when I brought this product to the market, whether I was just a weirdo and that, and I was the only one who was, who was going to respond to that sort of framing in terms of time, or whether it was something that was more universal. And so as I started to... Bring the product to market and and talk with people and understand how they're thinking about this. Sure, you get some people who are, you know, who who hear, you know, money is time. What are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense. And then you hear plenty of other people who are like, oh, that's the way I've always thought of things. Thank you for finally doing this. And so, you know, like everything, there's a distribution of of different people with different approaches. But one thing that we've found uh, has really resonated strongly is this idea of time. It's not just a gimmick or a parlor trick once people truly understand their finances in terms of what's actually valuable to them which is you know the most scarce and precious resource of their lives which is time that's what's making this leap off the page you know that's what's making people understand things differently and make better decisions because it's not enough to see to see things strictly in terms of left brain dollars and cents it's important to to marry that with the wealth of knowledge and intuition that comes from the right brain emotional side because that's where people make all their decisions anyways they're going to they're going to make them emotionally and then justify them after the fact
0: yeah like we ask questions you know from one part of the brain you know and then and we make decisions emotionally mm. one of the things which i think i'm blessed with you know, having no debt. So we made a conscious decision. You know, having no car debt or having no credit card debt. And it's amazing when we sort of went through this process ourselves, home and stripped it back down to kind of go. We're blessed. You know, I can imagine the people that have car payments or the people that have credit card debt and everything, and and what causing them. The only debt we have is an asset, which is, but when people use. Your software, what is it that they're seeing? You know, is it a case of they go, OK, I know now that if I change my habit in five years times, X will jump or Y will jump to X. Mm-hmm. Um, what, are, what are you doing? What? Let me just rephrase this. What is it that you can offer apart from showing the person, OK, you'll run out of money in six years? Mm-hmm. Are you setting intentions for them?
1: Yes, it's a great question. So we don't, we don't want to, you know, preach to anybody and and say like, hey, this coffee habits, a bad decision. and And you shouldn't do that, because everybody's got different value sets, you know, for, for every person, they're going to have their own desires that they want out of life. And every person, accordingly, is going to have different things that are worth it, or not, according to their values, what we help people do is we help them gain perspective on where it fits into the whole. And so when we say that it's it's I'll bring up you know, an example, a lot of people are, have a very hard time understanding the power of a habit as it relates to the rest of their lives. And so we see this, especially, you know, with people who have made some progress financially. Once there's this paradox where if you're, if you're making progress with your finances, then the more progress you make, the less it appears to be under your control, because the things that are definitively under your control, that is your habits, don't seem to move the needle, you know let's say you make a good decision and you decide to you know spend less money on your your lunches while you're at work. Well, then by the end of the month, you might save two hundred dollars, and if you've started to make some progress, you've got a brokerage account and things like that, then at the end of that month, you come back and you go, "Okay, I saved two hundred dollars, but my brokerage account is up or down by ten thousand dollars." Why am I doing this to myself? Why am I depriving myself of these, you know, these nice sandwiches at the office when it's not even moving the needle. But the reality is when you take this time-based perspective and boil everything into what this means over the long haul, then that $200 is not just $200, it's $200 a month, which is $2,400 a year, which if you're going to earn 4% real return after taxes, it would take $60,000 you know, invested to endow that habit forever. And so what we do with this time-based approach is we acknowledge the fact that it's not two hundred dollars versus ten thousand, where you know what you can control is tiny and what you can't control is huge. It's sixty thousand dollars versus ten thousand. We're taking the appropriate perspective about the importance of establishing the right habits, and if you if you let those habits endure throughout the throughout the course of your life, then you'll see if you take the right perspective that behavior is everything. You know, I, I could go much further into that into that rabbit hole, but the idea here is is that. Perspective makes a huge difference in helping people feel a sense of agency and
0: control over their outcomes. There was a gentleman in England who looked at his mortgage and realized that he was going to be paying his mortgage over about 35 years Mm -hmm. and the money that he was paying back. And he said to his wife, he's going to make a conscious decision to pay this off in 10 years. And they basically cut back in everything. Like the wife, I think his wife was about to leave him because (laughs) he was measuring bowls of rice <clears throat> excuse me <laughs> for 10 years yep. they were and what happened was instead of having a 35 year mortgage they cleared it in 10 years and he said now he is free so it was 10 years of sacrifice to gain another 25 years of freedom mm-hmm. so on your website you talk about gratitude and you know am i rich enough and retirement and And scarcity, and so on, give me some more details about about that, especially with you know with gratitude and you know, as we know, stop watching inflation is what you say as well. So tell me more about that. I'm really interested
1: yeah the it's all about control. it's all about helping people focus on what is actually within their locus of control and and letting the rest you know just kind of fall as it may and so you know call it financial stoicism if you'd like the the idea here is you're you're helping people try to try to focus on on the things where they can actually move the needle and so you know an example of that you know i just i just gave an example of you know the the brokerage account moving versus you know the the decisions that you can actually take within your grasp. I think one of the biggest places this is felt is, is within the idea of, of balance, you know, because, you know, you brought up your, the gentleman in England, the, the idea that, you know, for some people it's the right move to, to, you know, cut your expenses and really save up. And so that you can, you know, experience that joy of having 25 years of being free that you wouldn't have had otherwise. And for others, it's, it's a more valuable approach to, to really, to take a more measured approach you know one of the things that one of the ways that i screwed up within my own financial journey is is i was wired you know in some ways kind of like the gentleman you mentioned where i felt like it was a sprint to the finish line you know like i felt like i had to i had to really scrimp and save and and do everything that i could to you know to trim the fat out of out of every expenditure that i could And so that I could, because I had a job that was, that I was lucky to have, but I didn't want to do, be at forever. And so I felt like I was doing the wrong thing by spending money. Like it was this caveman mentality of like, you know, saving good, spending bad. And, and like, I was, I was just being overly simplistic and, and, and for that reason, I kind of was out of, out of balance and, and it wasn't the right solution for me long term because it wasn't sustainable. The biggest piece that I find, and this is where we kind of, you know, you mentioned some of the content we've been putting out. This is where we we blend together the kind of right brain and left brain. It's important to understand that there's a there's a balance to be struck. You know, you can go, there's a ditch on both sides of the road in so many areas of life where you can save too little, and that's a huge problem, but you can also save too much. And so we're trying to encourage people. We're trying to encourage people to truly understand that there is such a thing as bad spend and that should be eliminated, but there's also such a thing as good spend and that should be encouraged. You know, what we when we, you know, you mentioned the word scarcity. A lot of people look at, you know, a graph that we provide and, and that's that shows you your habits and how much each one is delaying your retirement. And they go, Oh, that sounds like a scarcity mindset. You know, why why would I want to be bothered with this? Like you're telling me all my habits are evil. And it's interesting because it's all about the mindset that you bring to it. It's all about if you look at that and you and you feel accused, then that says that maybe the, some of the things that you're doing are not aligned with your values and, and maybe you should get to work on that. But you have other people who look at that and they go, oh, wow, I didn't realize this is an amazing deal. You know, date night with my wife, I'm investing in the relationship at the bedrock of my family and it's only delaying my retirement by three months. I should do this twice as often because it's, it's aligned with my values. It's a good deal. And so we help people kind of get out of that scarcity mindset by, by understanding the fact that some things are good value, other things are bad value and knowledge is power that helps you decide which
0: is which. I had an app once on my phone and I put it in that I was going to, you know, live till it was a hundred. So it was <laughs> counting back and I'd show people and they go, that's probably more, but I go, right. no, I says, it's not. It says it's uh-huh. it's only telling me I have so many months left, which was really gonna you better enjoy yourself till you're hundred. So you're right about how different people see these things. like I'm trying to trying to find out who is this for? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, is this for everybody or is it a segmentation of the market that will really benefit from it? And and the other part as well, you were spot on like in Europe at the moment, we're having colossal interest rates. So the ECB is, is jumping up. And in some place, some, some people, their mortgage would have been maybe $2,000 is now $2,600 or $2,800. They're still managing their life, but there's another 600 being taken out. And I'm sure those people will go, well, I'm still managing. Why couldn't I save that? Mm -hmm. Why, when the interest rates were low, why couldn't I manage put that away? So I think people need something to to pull them into shock, maybe for them to actually go, okay, I can I can put more money away than need be. I know it's a bit long winded, but you understand what I'm getting at.
1: Yeah, that's the. It all comes down to trade offs because everything everything is a trade-off and that's and that's you know some people want to just be the ostrich and you know stick their head in the sand and and just you know live their life and go ah don't bother me with trade-offs you know i making do and so it's fine it's amazing when you as you said you take another you know, another 600 out of their out of their pocket every month and somehow they're still able to they're still able to manage then it indicates that yes there there might have been some things before that were extraneous and that doesn't make them evil but to answer your question you know who are we who are we best suited to serve here? It's basically it's it's basically folks who are I don't know if you think about it like like a rocket scientist like it's people who are between liftoff and escape velocity you know so we are we're not really designed to perfectly to to help people who have already won the game if you've got enough money to retire then you know this this app is not really for you we're helping people who are on their way to that. Optimize their path to it, and likewise, you know, we're we're well well suited to serve people who are just trying to get their monthlies the right way around. But it's a different set of solutions, you know. The 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 people go through distinct phases throughout the course of their lives, and so when you just say graduate from school and you're trying to make your way in the world and you're trying to get your monthlies the right way around, that's a different set of problems from when you are steadily saving money and investing for your, you know, investing for your future. Now we can help with both of those things. But the short answer to your question is, who are we best suited to, to solve things for? It's for people who haven't won the game yet, people who, you know, want to make sure that they are optimizing their path to retirement and not saving too little money for obvious reasons, but also not saving too much money. Because you can take those people who are, you know, scrimping and saving and, and you know, living well below their means, and sometimes that's suboptimal as well. You know, because you 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 want to make sure that you're you're striking the right balance there.
0: The words popping up in my head is midlife crisis, and I've yeah. had one of them as well. So I've <laughs> I've cleared a hurdle. I've cleared a hurdle. Tell me this, how does it work?
1: Sure. Yeah. The um. Well, the l- back of the envelope. L- l-
0: l- Give the name as well, because I know we gave the name in the intro, but give the name as well, so
1: yeah, so chronify is the name of the of of the service it's chronify.com, c h r o n i f i and the way that it works is in a back of the envelope sort of sense you know we're taking your net worth and we are taking your expenses. And we are doing the math to figure out, okay, how long will your net worth last? And so, if you've got hundred thousand dollars and you spend ten thousand dollars a year, then the back of the envelope it would say you've got ten years in the bank. Now, obviously, it's more complicated than that because you've got all these different bells and whistles and things that are going on, and you've got your money's earning investment returns and so it's slightly more complex, but the the general the basic way in which it works is you're relating your expenses to your net worth. Now, where the magic happens, is it's not just a static point in time, like great, here's your number, now come back in a year, let's see how you've done. The reality is these things are changing all the time and that's due to things that you can control and due to things that you can't control. And so the way that our process actually works is people will come back twice a month, and update their numbers and go, oh, okay, here's what's changed due to my investments in performing. Here's what's changed due to my habits changing. And the most important single part of that turns out, spoiler alert, it all comes down to expenses. It all comes down to habits. This is the single most important variable within someone's personal finance situation. And so if you can, it's more difficult than it sounds, if you can get a, an accurate and dynamic bead on or appreciation for what you are actually spending, what is the cost of Joe Dalton's lifestyle, then if you can understand that number, then it feeds through to the rest of the numbers and tells you exactly what it all means. And and Ultimately, what we're trying to do for folks is help them figure out what does enough mean for me? Because enough for you is different from enough for me, and it's different from enough for the guy down the street. But what enough means is all relative to what you spend, and so that's the single most important number. And so getting getting that factored in appropriately so that it, that it includes everything, not just what you're spending week in week out, but also the car that you bought six months ago, also the insurance payment that came, that comes due in two months. You know, factoring everything in and putting it in its right place. This stuff is moving around more than you think. You're going to be that you mentioned a midlife crisis. Like you're going to be a different person in five years from who you are today, and you're probably a different person now than you were five years ago. And so, this is always, you know, what it what it costs to be Joe is different every every month, one from the next. And so, we're helping people keep an eye on that and see how things are changing as they're changing.
0: Yeah, I would agree. You know, there was a time in my life when it was fast cars and partying and. I remember being in, in a nightclub in Lake Tahoe buying everyone in the nightclub a drink because <laughs> I could, you know, because uh-huh. I wanted to go, the drinks are on me and <laughs> everyone in the nightclub got a drink. And then as now I now I, I spend five, you know, fifteen dollars on a haircut, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, time changes for people and I agree with that. Um I think people do forget and I think it's important for people to get habits. Gain habits, or whatever way you want to word it. And, and I do feel that your software is a stepping stone, maybe a reality check for someone to yep. kind of go, okay, if I really want to planet my future, I do need something to guide me along the way. As we said in the beginning, you know, the, the richest man in Babylon, that I think that if people take this app and then put in their data, so they then can see the truth, because the truth is so important. But also, I want to ask you, what's the upsell? What is it if someone gets all this data and they go, "Okay, I figured out now that if I stop eating in that restaurant or stop playing golf, I've extended my finances and my assets, whatever, for another five, six years. Do you give them prompts as well to say, well, you know, trends in this marketplace is A or something is going on in in the part of the world to give them a sort of a, a yardstick as well? It's a great question,
1: and it's it's interesting, especially in light of the fact that there are a lot of similarities between what we do and what say a dieting app would do, or something like that. You know, like there's a lot of similarities between personal finance or financial health and bodily health. The difference really comes in what happens over time. And so, you know, for example, if you have a dieting app and you're trying to, you know, track your calories in, calories out, all that kind of stuff. The analogy, obviously, in personal finance is would be the dollars in, dollars out. But in dieting, you know, you have one body, and the chances are, you know, you have one ideal weight for yourself, and that's not going to change for decades. You know that that's that's just a static number. Well, <laughs> hopefully, your target is not going to change over decades. The reality may differ, but, but the idea is that target is static for most people throughout time, but in personal finance space the target is always moving. You know, you'll have another child and then you'll be thinking about saving up for college for them or you'll, you know, get married or get divorced or move or there'll be all kinds of different things, changes that life throws your way. And as we were talking about a moment ago, you will also change in what you desire out of your life. You know, you may wind up having more expensive taste or you may wind up realizing like, actually, these, these, you know, buying, buying a round of drinks for the, for the folks in the Tahoe bar is not the way that you want to live for your entire life. You know, your tastes are going to change through time. And so where our value, you know, like to your question, what's the upsell? We're a a simple, you know, SaaS, software as a service platform where we charge people a monthly subscription rate. And so what you see is what you get. And why we like that model is because... It's not just a, oh, great, I know all the answers, and so here's what it takes to live the best version of Joe Dalton's life, and I'm just going to go and live that life for the next 40 years. That's not the way that life works. You know, you're know you going to want different things in six months. You're going to want different things in a year. And so you know continuing to dynamically solve for the best path forward based on the most recent information that you have is incredibly important. You don't want to be the person who's checking your brokerage account three times a day. That's not healthy and it's going to make you sad. But you don't want to be that ostrich with your head in the sand and and never pay attention to anything. So our cadence is set up to help people, you know, kind of get in, get out, get on with their lives. And once they're off and running with the platform, it's 10 minutes twice a month that they can go, okay, okay, on track. Here's how things are changing. Here's what I can do differently. And now get back to living their lives because nobody wants to spend their you know three hours on Saturday morning in a spreadsheet about their finances.
0: No, no. Unless they an accountant. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> unless, unless they're me, then they might like it. <laughs> Here's Here it is. People don't like talking about money. For some way, there's an indoctrination planted into everyone right across the world that talking about money is a dirty word and people feel embarrassed and they feel and 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 one of the biggest causes of breakups is the finances of a household as well so i i believe and this is why i think your app is great because it's the stepping stone to have those hard questions to have a look at everything and for it to give you pointers as well of where you could go and where you couldn't go and i think not only is it great for the data, but I also think it's it's education and I think that's where it starts as well, Ben. so well done, Ben. I know you put a lot of work into it, and you know, as they say, invention is the mother of necessity and so if someone wants to find you, Ben, or wants to download this app, what steps would they take
1: yeah it's it's pretty simple you know chronify dot com is where you can find us and and it's you know what you see is what you get. We don't sell data. We don't sell attention. It's just if we provide a great service, then great. You keep paying us, and if we don't, then you don't. And so we got a 17-day free trial. So you know you can basically sign up and and check it out, see if it's right for you, without any without any real risk of you know it not being the right fit. Because you can always just always just cancel if it's not if it's not what you want. We also got, as I mentioned, a, a podcast aptly named the Chronify Podcast. And so that's kind of the companion to. To we're building because you know, financial wizard yeah exactly and so so we are you know we're trying to not only give people the app which will you know tell them what their numbers are and what their what their numbers mean but also educate them on how they should think about these things how they should think about am i am i you know in the right job am i am i making the right spending decisions you know should i be spending my time differently etc because that's when it comes down to it, you know what are we trying to do? we're help we're trying to help people live better lives, and that's better is a different thing for for everybody, but we're trying to help people figure out a better way to make the decisions that compose their lives, and so that's that's kind of the the way that we go about it. It's kind of a one two punch of of the application as well as the podcast.
0: and if people want to catch you on LinkedIn,
1: yep. LinkedIn is the really the only place that I'm active on social. I try to reserve the rest of my time for you know for my for my company and for my family, and so that's that's kind of the only only place that where we've really put in a, a big investment.
0: Last two questions before we let you go and start your busy day. Best business advice you've ever received?
1: I think it's it would be something that my dad taught me when I was when I was really little. That was if you can't make it simple, you're not that smart. And so I think simplicity is incredibly valuable. There we're just, especially these days, we're awash in data, but really starving for information. And so I think it takes time. You know, it's it's like writing in a lot of cases, you know, it might take you an hour. There's a there's an old quote, I forget who it's from. Like, I would have, I would have written in you a shorter letter, but I didn't have time you know, it's that type of that type of thought, which I think is really applicable in the business world that if you really take the time and sand the concepts down to down to their essence down to what is most important, I think less is more in many, many cases. And and taking the time to make it simple is is time well spent.
0: I think you're spot on because I think the biggest word searched at the moment is authentic. With AI, everyone's trying to do everything faster and quicker. And I think in business, as we grow with if you really want your business to grow, you need to step back. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And you need to really look at the people that you want to do business with. And I think it's about communication. And I think it's about networking. It's conversations because people yes. want to talk to people. So yes. I think what your, your father said there were wise words. Don't try and, you know, run out, just kind of do your stuff and make it simple. Best book, best book that you'd, that you'd recommend for the audience.
1: Yeah, I think within the context of our conversation, there there are two of them that really come to mind. The one that really switched the lights on for me was called Your Money or Your Life by Vicky Robin and Joe Dominguez. I remember reading that book was, was kind of what planted the seeds in my own life for starting to see my money differently. And then there's another one that's more recent that I that I've really come to like, which is called "The Psychology of Money" by a guy named Morgan Housel, and that's that is kind of the a very good in my mind right brain complement to. It's not just about you know the spreadsheet exercise. It's not just about you know optimizing how many percentage you know points of return you can get. It's about what it what role is money intended to play in my life? What what's the point of money? Which for some people can be different from others. And so I think I think those two are are great reads and, and potentially very impactful for people who are who are on the cusp of making some big
0: decisions for their lives. That's I would agree. And and also anyone that's interested in our sales book here as well called Salescraft, which walks through the sales process of the presentation of people for people who want to close those deals and walk away with a customer from life as well. So that's salescraft. Ben Miller, it's a pleasure having you on the show. I wish you all the success and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk again.
1: Thanks a lot, Joe. I really appreciate the opportunity.
0: You're listening to Getting It Wrong to Get It Right.